0: The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 in conjunction with Hawaii Pacific University proudly presents Sharks Weekly, a deep dive into HPU athletics and its men's and women's athletic programs. Who are this week's standout performers? Which program is making a splash in the classroom, community, and on the field? What are the upcoming schedules? All these questions answered and more coming live from the DSE Hawaii Esports Arena on the Hawaii Pacific University campus at Aloha Tower Marketplace. Here's your host, Hawaii Pacific University's VP of Marketing and Communications, Jeffrey Rich.
1: Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sharks Weekly here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, broadcasting live from Hawaii Pacific University's beautiful Aloha Tower Marketplace campus in the eSports arena. We're here today, and we're going to talk about ACRO acrobatics and tumbling and we've got three amazing guests with us today head coach peyton smith and team members ari greveson and brie corral well um let's start with just maybe peyton telling us a little bit about uh acro it's a newer sport um i know it's been around as a collegiate sport since about 2020 and hpu started up their program around 2014 um there's uh it's a growth sport it's positioned as an emerging sport within collegiate athletics um, so a lot of schools are adding programs uh, i think currently there's about 51 programs across the country across across d1 d2 and d3 yes um so tell us about acro peyton
2: acro um is a sport that they started uh, in the collegiate level to give women another opportunity Um, other than cheer and gymnastics. Uh, So it has a mixture of both, you know, it has a lot of the gymnastics tumbling, so it gives those girls another area since gymnastics is a very hard sport to go to college for. Um, And then it brings in some of the cheer aspects of stunts and tosses and pyramids, so it goes hand-in-hand with both sports, but it also allows athletes from other sports to come in. I've had track athletes and divers and people who have ran and done nothing else but run. Um, Pole vaulters do it too because they know body awareness. Um, And yeah, they've also started doing it um, in youth too. There's a lot of gyms that are coming up in youth. Um, Not a lot yet, but trying to get the younger girls in there as well and get them kind of acclimated to what it is because a lot of our athletes come in knowing nothing. Especially if they're gymnastics, they don't know how to stunt. They've never done the cheer side of it
1: yep. yep um well you brought two of your remarkable yes. athletes with us today hpu team members um you know ari and Bree. uh first of all why don't you introduce yourselves uh, maybe start ari um, and tell us a little bit about yourself and your background
3: okay so i'm ari i came from a competitive cheerleading background and i did that since i was three and then when i came out here that's all i knew so I don't really do the tumbling aspect of the sport. I'm more of like a base. So I'm the one that's like throwing and catching the girls and that's my specialty. So that's what I take pride in. It's just strength and making sure that my teammates are being safe and I get those skills for them.
1: Great, and where, where did you come from? Where, where are you from originally? So
3: I'm from New Jersey. So I'm okay. all the way from the East Coast.
1: East Coast, are you a Springsteen fan? Um, Can you not be from, from New Jersey?
3: I mean, I guess like you cannot not be a Springsteen fan, um, but it's just...
1: I only bring that up because I, last weekend I was at my oldest son's wedding in New York City and I was kind of right in between Jersey and New York and needs to say we had a lot of Springsteen fans over from New Jersey, so I heard a little bit of the Boss's music this week. It's kind of stuck in my head, so sorry.
3: Yeah, New Jersey really takes pride in its Italian culture, so, <laughs> so everyone or anything that comes out of there, we're a very prideful state, so...
1: Okay. What are you studying?
3: So I'm a biohuman health major, and I have two minors in public health and psychology. So ultimately, um, after this year, I'm planning on getting my master's, either in public health or healthcare administration, then possibly going off to nursing school and becoming a travel nurse to work with kids. Okay.
1: Very cool. Bree, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself?
4: Uh, my name is Brie Corral Vargas. I'm a first year on the team. I'm a business marketing major and my background is in gymnastics so I was a gymnast from 3 to 16 years old and then once I started kinda losing my passion for it I joined competitive cheer for the last two years of high school and I think that really gave me a big advantage um, coming into acro because I kinda have the background of tumbling and a little bit of stunting and I think my position on the team this year is really focused on tumbling, and I'm really grateful to have the opportunity to
1: be here. Nice, nice. So, and what do you think in post graduation? What What are your goals?
4: Um, with my marketing aspect, I want to work for a company called Dexcom. They're a diabetes technology company, just to market to lower income communities because right now it's not really accessible for everybody.
1: Very cool and a very uh strong purpose to pursue post-graduation. Yes. Um, Peyton, let's come back to you for a little bit. So I know I know you're new. Um, I think yes. you joined HPU in January. Yes. Um, what's it like stepping into a program uh, so quickly, um, having to, you know, get, your, get your, uh, your structure in place and your approach to, to practice and, and, and prepping for, for competition? But tell us a little about what it's been like since you got to Hawaii and uh, became the head coach.
2: Yeah, it's been a, it's been an adventure, you know, and l- especially learning like this is my first head coaching position. So learning all of the things that HPU do, does and other schools, um, but HPU is very helpful. A lot of the co- other coaches are like, oh, if you have questions, come ask me and all of the um, administration, administrative staff is very helpful as well. Um, I also do have a lot of support that aren't from HPU. Um, that are very helpful but it has been an adventure for sure.
1: So your first coaching experience after graduating from HPU you had a a bachelor in science in marine biology and uh, graduated around 2021 and went to Kutztown State. Yes. Um, So your assistant coach there. Similar programs what you know what are some of the differences that you've seen?
2: Um, Well as Kutztown was a first year it was a little it's a little bit different you know we have athletes that have no athletes on the team that have ever done acro. So it, there's no seniority of like helpfulness. There's no juniors, sophomores, seniors that already know kind of the ins and outs of things. So teaching them like, oh, like this is how we practice. This is how we travel. This is how we do study hall. And coming here, it's a little bit easier because I have the seniors and the juniors and sophomores that can say, oh, hey, freshmen, that's not how we do. We do it this way. Um, but other than that, it's been... Other than it's hand in hand of coaching and telling giving practice plans and all of that,
1: yeah and Brian and Ari, tell us about you know what what practice is like, how intense is it you know what how do you balance you know the the demands of being a, a collegiate athlete with the demands of your academic uh pursuits, but you know give us a little taste of of what a day is like um in in mid season when you're you're in heavy in competition and also trying to keep uh keep things moving on the academic side
3: yeah so. So basically, we work with along with the professors. During travel season and spring season, a lot of the girls try to take either electives or courses that they know they can miss but also make up the work because it's just easier on us. Um, During travel trips, we do have study hall hours. So that's how we hold ourselves accountable. We do that every trip. And in general, just finding a balance that works between your classes and practice schedules. Luckily, coach usually works around our our class schedules. So practices like this year is different. We only have one morning practice and the rest are at night because that's just what works most for the team. So just trying to find that balance is just knowing your own capabilities is something that I've learned throughout the four years of being here.
1: Nice. So it sounds like you've mastered, you know, time management and uh, prioritization. Um, What's your perspective about it, Bree?
4: So as a first year, I'm still trying to figure everything out. Um, My classes are, uh, my professors are really working with me this semester because. They know how demanding acro can be, but I think also something that I'm really learning about is how to take care of my body better because our practice plans can be pretty hefty sometimes and our bodies are definitely always sore and really using those trainers really helps us take care of ourselves. Um, And with study hall, we have um, six hours of study hall as first year students and that really helps me prioritize my school work before going to practice or even after practice.
1: Okay, got it. You know, Peyton, what, what do you think is um, is one of the, the keys to uh, to building good ke- team chemistry and, and an effective practice schedule? Have you learned, you know, through your experience as an athlete and then uh, working your way up as a coach, um, some ways to structure the team practice or to build team chemistry that have been really effective?
2: Um, right now I have – I give them like a practice plan or like an estimate of what we will be doing the night before so they can like mentally prepare and get their bodies and their minds in the right spot, which is something that we did a little bit when I was on the team, which is very helpful, you know, because a lot of girls like, and they have a lot of athletes have a lot of like mental and physical things they want to get done before that. So we try, I try and give them a a head start on what we're going to do in and uh, so they're prepared for that.
1: Okay, got it. Well, I think um, you know, as I think about college sports and uh, you know the, the demands that are, are made of athletes these days, um, it, you know, you're really trying to balance a, a full time job um, and commitment to the sport with what you're trying to accomplish over your academic pursuits as well. Um, so time management really comes into play. Uh, are there are there opportunities to um, to work? learning opportunities to work into the practice schedule that build more team chemistry that create more support for your student-athletes. So are they working together uh, to try and build that culture within the team, that culture of winning, that culture of commitment? But tell us a little bit about how you approach the inner dynamics of building that chemistry within your team.
2: I think we try and, um, we try and do a little bit more of like a meet style where they have to sit there and cheer on their teammates and be not only me as a coach but them help step up and you know help each other give corrections and support one another that way um (laughs) but um it's it 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 comes a learning process and trying to bring other people in that have done the sport and kind of give them activities as a team to work together well I
1: imagine too with the interdependency among the, the team collaborative and how the team approaches competition that that Trust, support, and sort of being on the same page is critical for Acro Mm -hmm. for success, to be a successful team in competition. Um, So I want to learn more about how you guys have acclimated um, coming to Hawaii uh, in particular. It's a different place from, you know, most other places around the country, but... What was the most striking thing that, you know, hit you when you got out to the island and, and started your experience here? And and Peyton, you're you're you've been out here obviously as a student, but you were away in Texas for a while. You've come back. Tell us a bit about you know what drew you back and what are some of the striking experiences you've seen.
2: Well coming here as a, a coming um here as a freshman, I was I was a little bit younger. I was seventeen when I came here. Um I graduated early. So coming here and being on my own, it was it was an adventure. But um, a lot of like the the traveling and the the closeness because where I come from, it's a little bit further out, it's a smaller town. So like transportation was a new experience, and just the beauty of the island and the weather. It's
1: something you can't get anywhere else. Yeah, it's an amazing place. We're gonna take a short. Commercial break, and we're going to come back and then um, uh, talk to Ari and Bree about their experiences in Hawaii. So we'll be right back on Sharks Weekly with the Hawaii Sports
0: Radio Network. You're listening to Sharks Weekly on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, ninety-five point one FM and AM seven hundred and sixty. And we're back
1: on Sharks Weekly here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Uh, broadcasting from Hawaii Pacific University's Aloha Tower Marketplace campus in the esports arena. We're talking acro today with head coach of HPU's Acro Team uh, Peyton Smith and team members um, Ari Grebison and Bree Corral. So we're gonna talk a little bit more about your experiences in Hawaii. Um, so maybe Ari, let's start with you. What was striking to you when you when you came here? You know how and, and you know, even back when you were in high school and thinking about where you wanted to go, what you wanted to do. Um, you know, give us a little taste of what what attracted you to HPU and, and uh, coming out here to such a remote place.
3: Yeah, so um, actually, I kind of applied to this school last minute just to have like another school listed. So it was between here and It was your was safety
1: place. school, huh?
3: Yeah, it was like a safety, <laughs> safety school. But... Um, I knew sports was a critical part of my life. That's how I knew how to time manage everything because I've always just been in sports. So that's all I knew how to do. So when I saw the opportunity to join a team that's helping other women and younger girls, I was like, why not? I just contacted coach and I was like, hey, I'm interested. And she offered me a spot. And I was like, great. So coming out here, um, I've always been independent i would like to say self-sufficient so my hardest struggle was actually living in the dorms freshman year because um i had no transportation i relied on teammates for rides i used the bus system and i love to cook so not having a like an accessible kitchen was very hard because like i said i'm self-sufficient so once i moved off campus i actually found life to be a little easier obviously you would have to work to make rent because you're got to like do that but um, I've just always been independent, so I kind of had an idea of how to come to Hawaii because I traveled before. So, um,
1: so you'd been to the islands. Uh, I actually for never been vacations? here. Never? I okay. never even
3: visited the school or anything. I just committed and said, "I'm going to Hawaii, Mom," and wow. she said, "Okay, good luck."
1: <laughs> you know, it's interesting. You know, I know that that's the case for a lot of um, students that come to HPU. I think the statistic I had seen was about seventy percent of the students that come here never step foot on campus before committing to it and coming out. So they're taking a bit of a leap of faith. So happy with the decision?
3: Yeah, I'm happy that, um, I was able to experience somewhere. Cause I always say if I didn't come out now, I don't think I would ever be able to make it out here. Yep. So this gave me a chance to live here for the past four years and yeah, here I so am. So
1: what's been striking to you about living in Hawaii?
3: Um, I'm a huge beach goer. So I, um, just love going to all the different beaches. I obviously now have my favorite, so, like, I'm always up in Kailua. It's one of my favorite beaches.
1: That's number one on the list, Kailua? Yeah, okay. number one.
3: I got a nice little secret spot I go to, so <laughs> not a lot of people are around in that area. So, um, the just in the constant weather, like, just always being sunny, um, I came from the cold and the snow, and I was like, I'm so over the snow. So here I am, living up in the sunshine.
1: Living the dream in the sunshine. Yeah. Amazing, Bree, What about you? Tell us about your experience. What you know? What were you thinking in high school, and what brought you to HPU? What do you love about the university and living here in Hawaii?
3: Uh,
4: so similar to Ari, I did grow up doing sports my whole life, so I knew that was a critical part to my college experience. So when I was a freshman in high school, I reached out to basically every single school that offered ACRO and just introduced myself, sent them my videos, and just really like took a leap of faith in, to see who would respond to me. Um, so after a couple years of consistent emailing, I got an email back from Hawaii Pacific and Coach Haley. Um, and came out here in December of 2021, uh, took a nice little official visit, and I, I just knew it was the place for me. The weather, the team atmosphere, all the practices, like it was just really inviting. So I'm really glad with my decision, but I come from California, uh, the Bay Area. So it's a, it's a really diverse place. So there was definitely a little bit of culture shock coming to the island, but everybody here is just very kind and very supportive so I'm really grateful and especially my support system back home they loved my decision to come out here because it gives them a reason to also come out here to watch the meets and just explore so I'm happy for them as well and you know I'm still making my way around the island um, to figure out my favorite beaches because I've only been here for like half a year but I'm really enjoying it so far and I think the biggest shock to me was how many people own a moped <laughs> because yeah. back home I drove a little Honda civic and I loved her. And so coming out here, I knew I was really going to miss having a car, but with the traffic that we see out here, I'm, I'm really glad I just have my little pink moped to get to practice and everywhere I want to go.
1: Boy, mopeds are a great way to get around town. And, uh, you know, it's not so much the traffic and think it's just the ease of parking, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, you know, it scares some people off. They think about, uh, congestion and traffic and difficulty and getting around. But, um, You know, I think that's one of the things our students have kinda learned is once you figure out the modes of of transportation, um, everything on Oahu is pretty accessible. So you're just exploring the beaches. So far, do you have one that you like, uh, top of the list?
4: I really like Waimanalo. Um, It's just really beautiful, but my roommates and I always have to rent a car to get out there. So that's kind of on the pricier side when we don't have jobs, but when we can make it out there, it's a really good experience.
1: Got it. Well, my, my top list beach is uh, Alamoana for sure. I'm a big paddle and boy, that water is so smooth out there um, and easy to get out there. But you know, Peyton, you've had a return experience. Yes. Um, so uh, what's your favorite beach?
2: I kind of the same with Ari. I like going up to Kailua and Lanikai, Kai. Um, but that is also where the majority of my classes were when I was here. I was always at the Loa campus and I worked up there too. So staying up in Kailua was just easier access
1: for me and I... Yeah, the thing that strikes me about Kailua is, you know, Oahu has microclimates. And as mm-hmm. you drive around the island, you hit these different environments and climates. And uh, uh, and Kailua, you know, a bit more grayer, a little bit more rain. And then you cross that tunnel and come back onto the Honolulu side, and uh, you get sunshine and all. So very different places. Um, let's, you know, I I always like to ask some questions and kind of get to know folks a little bit better. Um, so I thought we could go around and maybe. I've asked each of you to think about a a question that would maybe reveal a little bit about yourself. And we're going to maybe start with you, Peyton. Um, So here's your question to ponder. So say that you're independently wealthy and don't have to work. What would you do with your time if you could do anything?
2: I would go around and explore coral reefs and scuba dive and learn more about what I studied here at Hawaii.
3: Well, wait a
1: minute. Aren't you a marine (laughs) biologist? I am. So that's your profession.
2: Yeah, but that's something that I, I... Right now, I don't do anything with marine biology. I'm here coaching, so I would... I, it's obviously something that interested me when I was little, so go and explore all of the coral reefs and go scuba diving and learn more.
1: You know, I think what's great about your answer, you know, is... is uh you know it's phrases if you're independently wealthy which implies that it's not a job but you yeah. still gravitate towards what yeah. you know you sort of wanted to pursue professionally that probably speaks to good career choices both <laughs> in becoming an acro coach and a marine biologist um let's see let's go to you brie so your question is if you had to sing karaoke what is the first song you'd pick
4: I would probably go with Fergalicious by Fergie. It just always puts me in a good mood, so that would be my song of choice.
1: Did anybody get uh, successfully get a hold of Taylor Swift tickets, by the way, if we've been learning about the Ticketmaster debacle?
4: I wish. I'm definitely a Swifty, but those tickets were really, steep. really steep.
1: Wow. You know, it's interesting how it takes sometimes you know social movements to change things, but um, now the Swifties are... Pursuing, I guess, class action lawsuits against Ticketmaster because of the monopoly on ticket sales. (laughs) Uh, Boy, I thought Pearl Jam dealt with that uh, a couple decades ago, but apparently not. Ari, tell us about um, your question. So let's see. You picked, um, what's your favorite sandwich and why? And I want each of you to answer that because the sandwich that you pick is often a good indicator of your personality. So why don't you
3: start us off? Okay, I'm laughing about this because um, being from New Jersey, it's a big controversial topic. Um, It's called Taylor Ham Egg and Cheese on a Bagel. I love that. (laughs) So um, being from the Tri-State, it's like a huge thing. It's like you can only get it there. And it's controversial because the company's actually called Taylor Ham and the product is called Pork Roll. Um, So down south, because I'm from North Jersey, they call it Pork Roll. So it's like, you go down there and you order a taylor ham egg and cheese and they're they look at you like you have, like three heads because they're like what are you talking about and like pork roll is just so like hard to come like to say so the fact i'm saying it right now is so funny to me <laughs> um so that's why i love taylor ham egg and cheese it's a great breakfast sandwich um it's my go-to because like I, i'm I'm a sucker for Jersey bagels, so whenever I come home, I always bring frozen ones back with me, and I'm actually running low, so I'm a little sad about that, but <laughs> Sounds that's like a care answer.
1: package from Home Opportunity. Oh, yeah, I like already texted listening. my mom. Okay. I was like,
3: can you send me this stuff and throw some bagels in there?
1: All right, so any family, friends, or, or members of the family or friends listening, care package, bagels from New York. No, New, Jer-
3: New Jersey. New Jersey, yes. not Yes, there is a okay. difference. There is a difference in the bagels.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, hang on. We're going uh, to take a, take a short station break here, um, and then we'll come back. And I want to get sandwich choices from everybody else. All right, so we'll be back in a moment. This is Jeff Rich broadcasting live uh, on Sharks Weekly here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network
0: to the DSE Hawaii eSports Arena on the Hawaii Pacific University's Aloha Tower Marketplace Campus. It's Shirts Weekly on 95.1 FM and AM 760. And we're
1: back here on the beautiful campus of Hawaii Pacific University. Um, and we're talking acro this morning uh, with head coach Peyton Smith of HPU's acro team and uh, players um, uh Ari Grebison and Brie Corral. So, hey, we're talking sandwiches at the moment. And we're, I think, I think Brie, I think you were up next, and you were going to tell us your favorite sandwich. So
4: my favorite sandwich, I don't think this is going to be controversial, but it's definitely a grilled cheese sandwich <laughs> with some tomato soup on the side, um, specifically made by my mom. That was definitely my comfort food growing up, so I definitely miss that.
1: Cheddar cheese, I assume? Yeah, definitely. Okay. We'll be a second choice.
4: You know, I really like Swiss, which is really weird for a grilled cheese, but I it's I quality. think you gotta
1: move that into panini status, right? If you go to Swiss. It goes from just grilled cheese to Swiss cheese panini.
4: I'll definitely have to look into that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Peyton, you're up. What do you what's your sandwich of choice?
2: My sandwich of choice would be an egg salad sandwich.
1: It's a fine choice. Mm-hmm. And Something
2: you, that I first had here in Hawaii. Yellow
1: mustard, <laughs> grape papa. Dijon mustard. Dijon, okay. Yep. That classes it up for sure mine turkey mm-hmm. bacon with avocado maybe on sourdough i think mm-hmm. is there a name for that sandwich or <laughs> there probably is we'll we'll have to give sure. it one right <laughs> you know I, I in terms of you know athletes staying in college i mean diet makes a big difference obviously is there are there are there guidelines how do you guys approach you know diet and t- keeping the players you know ha- healthy and and health and eating you know well but any dietary restrictions that you place on the team, Peyton? No,
2: not not um, not necessarily, no. I mean, I, at the beginning of the year, um, they'll get like a little packet that you know, gives them some nutrition information. And if they want to pursue that more or are worried about their own nutrition, then we can set them up with someone else to like, give them more information. Um, but no, as long as they're eating what they need to eat and they're obviously not eating things that they know they shouldn't eat then
1: yeah yeah it seems like that's becoming you know more of a conscious part of um, how how uh, college athletes are, are looking at their athletic career and really trying to take you know preparation not just in practice for games but nutrition balance sleep all those things are so critically important in terms of your overall well-being and ability to perform well um Let's come back to uh, the second question that I asked each of you to to take a look at. And and we're going to come back to you, Ari. So here's one um, that gives you a chance to talk about maybe places you've been or aspirational places you'd like to go. But if you could live anywhere in the world for a year, where would it be?
3: So I would actually go back to Poland. I had an opportunity between the summer before coming out here my freshman year and I took a holocaust trip around Europe. So I took a holocaust and genocide class in high school as a senior, and um, it gave me a different perspective on just all those events that happened. And I was blessed with the opportunity to go on a trip to Europe and actually put what I learned into perspective and see the camps and see like um, landmarks and everything. And you learn, could only learn so much in a classroom, and that trip really just, like leaves a mark on you and it really like impacts like how everything happened and how far we've come. So, um, when I went to Poland, I just like fell in love. Like I felt like I was at home. It just kind of felt natural to me. Um, I love pierogies. So, um, that just, just from my experience traveling out there, I would just immediately go back.
1: What was the most striking memory of that trip? If you had to pick one thing. Um,
3: so we actually took a walking tour of Auschwitz, the most famous concentration camp, and my professor has done this trip so many times. So he took us not on the normal guided tour, he took us on his own tour. So we walked the whole entire thing, and we went to spots that technically weren't accessible. Um, so you really saw the whole thing for itself. and you don't realize how huge it is until you step foot on that property and it just just brings you somewhere that you didn't think you can like feel like you wouldn't feel that way but um again I was just blessed for that opportunity in general so I think about it all the time and
1: yeah yeah I, I just I can imagine the impact that that's had um, amazing trip it sounds like mm-hmm. uh, Bree, what about you tell us you know um, Tell us the same thing. What you know? Where would you go? If you could go anywhere in the world for a year and live, where would you go?
4: I would definitely choose Mexico City. It's a huge city. It's beautiful. There's so many different cultures that come together there. Uh, my family comes from a state in Mexico called Durango. And so I definitely want to live in Mexico at least a couple years in my life. But um, Mexico City, I feel like, would just have the most opportunities for what I want to pursue as a career. And I think that it would bring me a lot of new experiences. And it's still... Relatively close to where I'm from just a quick little plane ride. So I would I would really enjoy that
1: Have you had a chance to to go back much and visit?
4: Yes, so last summer we actually spent two weeks um, In Mexico we explored for one week in Mexico City And then we went to Mazatlan which is like a nice beachy area, and it was really beautiful And then spent a week back home with the family and um, a little Pueblo that my parents came from
1: Very nice very nice. All right well, let's, um, I'm going to come back and get you with an additional question, but I want to ask Peyton the same thing. Where um, would you
2: live? I haven't done a whole bunch of traveling uh, other than coming to Hawaii and I think the Bahamas. So I would definitely want to travel and live in Europe and be able to take the trains and the networking system to be able to explore a lot more of the world.
1: Have you had a chance to go to Europe or is this no. be the first time? Yeah, it would, be, it would be the first time. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. All right. So let's come back, and, and Brie, you had a chance to pick a question, and I'm going to hit you with it right now. So um, you can have an unlimited supply of one thing for the rest of your life. What is it? Insulin. Insulin. Well, that's, that seems like sounds like a requirement. Yes. <laughs> as opposed to an aspirational <laughs> choice.
4: Um, Yeah, definitely. So I'm a type 1 diabetic and coming out here, um, learning how to manage my diabetes on my own has definitely been really different because I've always had my parents right next to me just kind of guiding me. But coming out here, I just packed six insulin vials per semester and keep them in my fridge and hope that they don't go bad. And right now, um, if you don't know, the insulin costs out of pocket are actually crazy um, and type one diabetics, type two diabetics really do need it to live and we can't live without it. So an unlimited supply of insulin for the rest of my life would just be fantastic. It would take a big stress off of me, my parents financially, and just, I would definitely use it to, um, also distribute to all my other fellow type one diabetics so they wouldn't have to worry either. So insulin is definitely up on that list.
1: sounds like a pretty important one. You know, do you you have to, in terms of how it affects your practice or just your daily routine, you know, how do you balance that?
4: You know, it's been it's been really difficult the last couple of weeks, but I think with the support that I have from the team, it's been a lot easier and I also have um, almost like bi weekly phone calls with my diabetes care team. Um, so like a nutritionist, my endocrinologist, nurse practitioners, they really help me stay on track and with all the technology that's coming out, I do have an insulin pump and a DEXCOM continuous glucose monitor that my parents can track from home, and so that's just really beneficial to make sure that I'm safe. And my roommates really, luckily, um, also have a sibling that have type one diabetes, so they kind of knew what they were getting into coming in to be my roommate. So they always help when I'm low in the middle of the night or anything like that. So
1: nice. Okay, you know, let's let's. I want to bring it back to um, to the season, Peyton. And talk a bit mm-hmm. more about how the season's going. Um, I think you guys are, are struggling a little bit this year. I think we're one in five. Um,
2: I think so. Is yeah. That
1: okay. So, it, what do you got coming up? And and you know, what do you what are you anticipating through the remainder of of your competition through the course of the year?
2: It should be the the meets we have this year are not necessarily easier, but we have a little bit better of a schedule. Um, it is a little bit harder for Hawaii to get. Um, other teams to come to us and us to be able to travel to other areas so we do a lot of the times end up competing against the top three schools um in Accro, um which is baylor oregon and apu so okay. they're the big schools that are willing to come to us and travel so we do end up getting in with the big dogs a little bit more than most teams um but this year we have a for uh this is their third Technically, their third ACRO season, their first year was COVID, so they didn't really compete, but they're a third year school that is actually from Pennsylvania, about an hour where I originally was, and they are flying all the way out here from their ESU. They're flying all the way out here for one of their meets, which is wow. amazing to well, experience. You well, know, I imagine when
1: you said it's hard to get you know, schools to come out here, um, I imagine that's more the administration's not wanting to send them out versus the yeah. students not wanting to come oh, out yeah, to Hawaii, definitely. right? Wow. Well, we're going to take a quick break here in a, in a moment and uh, come back and, t- and talk more about Acro here on Sharks Weekly on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. I'm Jeff Rich, broadcasting live here from Hawaii Pacific University's Aloha Tower Marketplace campus, and we'll be back in just a moment.
0: You're listening to Sharks Weekly on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network's 95.1 FM and AM 760. And we're back, broadcasting
1: live here. I'm Jeff Rich. I'm your host of Sharks Weekly uh, here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, broadcasting on AM 760, FM 95.1 from Hawaii Pacific University's beautiful Aloha Tower Marketplace campus in the eSports Arena. We're here talking acro this morning with head coach Peyton Smith. Um, Peyton. We were just talking about the season that's coming mm-hmm. up. So you've got um, your game coming up first one March 5th against ESU. Yes. What are you expecting?
2: Um, I'm expecting um us to go out there and kind of show everyone the, what we've they've been working on. Honestly, not even what I've been teaching them to do. They've they've gotten here uh, this far on their own. Um, but letting them kind of show what they've done and kind of getting to prove to people that you know we were. We we didn't have anyone here at first, but this is what we were able to accomplish. And ESU, I've competed against them before, and they are an amazing program. They're still learning, um, but they go out there and give their all. They don't let a small like they don't let their small team get in their way. They they really put in all the effort.
1: Would you call this a rebuilding season? As a new coach, I imagine just for you, it's got to be kind of get acclimated here, if nothing else. But
2: yeah, a little bit. I mean, the again the the juniors and the seniors they have they've already experienced this for a few years so yeah it's a little bit of rebuilding but there was a lot of things on when I was on the team that were very helpful and very beneficial that are great things to keep.
1: Yeah. Who, who's the gold standard in acro when you think about successful, you know, teams with great cultures, you know, who's the gold standard? Who do you who do you who do good programs want to emulate?
2: I would like to emulate APU. They're they have...
1: Azusa Pacific. Yes, Azusa
2: Pacific. They have fought and climbed their way up to the top, and they've kept it. So I would like us to get back up where we were, right neck and neck with them. They used to be our... Right in our rivals. We would always go back and forth with them. So I would like to be a, a program like them.
1: So the bar is set. Azusa mm-hmm. Pacific, beware. HPU's coming, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, all right. So... We're going to have one last question for each of you. And here it is. So let's start with Ari. If you could choose any person from history to be your imaginary friend, who would it be and why?
3: Okay. I think I would choose Albert Einstein because um, I'm very big into science. But also, he just, like gives this like quirky like personality and everyone needs a laugh in their life every once in a while so I feel like he would just be like a great person to like um bring me back to like distract myself to say because like um it's you get into like a mode and then you're like work mode all the time so just having someone to like crack a joke or just do something silly and just like looking at him he just looks funny (laughs) like his hair is like everywhere so it's just like you cannot laugh like if you, when you think of Albert Einstein
1: you know it's not a bad choice to pick a, a close friend with intellect and humor right good conversation and a good laugh makes for good friendship yes. right all right Bree this is a question you wanted to avoid but I'm going to ask you the same one if you could choose any person from history to be your imaginary friend who would it be and why
4: you know, I'm going to choose someone really inspiring for a lot of people, and it's Harriet Tubman. I don't know if we would crack as many jokes as Aryan Albert Einstein, <laughs> but I think she's definitely somebody that I could learn from and really just um, find that courage like she did. That's and, an interesting choice.
1: What well, did you did you you know write a, a profile or biography, or you know what got you interested in Harriet Tubman?
4: My Probably a lot of my middle school history classes. Um, I really liked social studies and history in middle school, kind of lost that passion as I got older. But learning about like that time period and everything that she did was just really inspiring and really crucial to where we are today.
1: Wow. And it's so good to hear, you know, I mean, being a student of history is really the secret to, I think, developing a good perspective on life and an understanding of not just the current environment, but where things might go in the future. And you know, um, I just I I don't see enough people taking an active interest in learning about history, and it's so good to hear that. Uh, all right, so Peyton, same question for you. If you could choose any person from history to be your imaginary friend, who would it be, and why?
2: Um, I would have to choose Marie Curie. Uh, she was someone that I learned about growing up and got me interested in science. Um, just getting to talk with her and get to know more of what what she accomplished and how she did it. I mean, she risked her life to learn what she learned and didn't know it, um, just to have the experience to get to know what, what she wanted to do.
1: Was that an a, a, a influential figure early in your life that, it sounds like, kind of set you down a pathway of interest in you know, science and technology and what we would call STEM disciplines? Mm-hmm. Um, what, what was the moment when you, when you, you know, sort of had that interest and do you remember what it was that sort of piqued it?
2: Um, It was definitely in freshman biology we had learned Um, was when I had first gotten interested in just biology in general. And we, I remember specifically just like learning about what she had done with radiology and all the technology
1: she had came up with. Wow. When you think back about your academic experience at HP as a student, um, what stood out to you? You know, you must have had you know, some field research and been out doing some marine exploration. Mm-hmm. What was that like?
2: It was amazing. I, for marine biology, we went on, we had three, four, five-hour labs um, out in Kaneohe Bay on a boat, and that was an amazing experience. It made me want to be on more boats all the time. Um, I had only ever been on one cruise before, so I hadn't been on any like small little boats that um, you do research on, and it was an amazing experience, especially when we went out Um, out of Kanyoe Bay, a little bit more into the open waters and, you know, everyone's getting seasick and, you know, they are over on the side of the boat and only a few people are able to do all the the scientific work. It was, it was a fun experience. Sadly, not for the people who were getting seasick, but (laughs) (laughs) it was a good experience for me because I, I got to learn a lot and got to do a lot more.
1: Is all of the field work, um, done on the boat or do you, did you do any diving? You know what?
2: We, we did most of it on the boat, um. As the the first year that you go, that you have that class, they do do like a little like um, snorkeling, like sea turtle, um, assignment where you go and see how many sea turtles you do observations. Um, but your senior year, you get to choose your own project and you get to do whatever, whether that be on the boat or not. But I did choose to go snorkeling and learn more about the coral reefs and our the invasive sponge population there.
1: It's an amazing experience to go snorkeling and and Mm -hmm. coral reef diving out here. And, you know, for those that haven't had the (laughs) opportunity um, to spend much time on the waters out here and the the beaches around Hawaii, but you really start to see a lot of sea turtles. I don't know if you guys have all, you know, seen them, but they become recognizable. Um, You you start to recognize their facial patterns and all. And it's an amazing experience. One of the wonderful things about Hawaii. Um, So, uh, as we kind of wrap up here, um, you know, just more thoughts on the future season um, and uh, some opportunities <laughs> for your athletes, Peyton, to for those listening to think about some some key coaching points that you might want to emphasize.
2: Um, all I would say is, you no, know, just keep putting in the effort, keep putting in the work. You got here this far, and we still have a lot to do, a lot to learn, and we have a
4: lot of growing we can still accomplish.
1: Perfect, Bree and Ari, tell me what you looking forward to most this coming season brie why don't you just tell us first
4: i'm just looking forward to getting on the mat i'm really grateful that i got to step in and really show what i could do and having that opportunity to learn from the upperclassmen so i'm really excited to build a stronger bond with the team and really see what we can
3: put out there this season
1: nice Ari, what about you
3: Coming from a team that has faced a lot of adversity and diversity through um, the past four years, just coming back and showing the ACRO community that HPU is always strong-willed and that we're here to fight and we want to be a top program again.
1: Perfect. Uh, Well, I want to thank you guys for joining us this morning. Um, We talked acro and learned a bit more about the sport and what the HPU team is up to this year. Uh, So thank you for being our guests, and I wish you the best of luck this season. And Peyton, as you build the program, um, best of luck, and you're going to build a powerhouse, I have no doubt. Thank you. Thank you. Thank
0: you. All right. Thanks. You've been listening to the Hawaii Sports Radio Network's special presentation of Sharks Weekly in conjunction with Hawaii Pacific University on 95.1 FM and AM 760. Tune in every Monday at 9 a.m. for another edition of Sharks Weekly. A special mahalo to Hawaii Pacific University Executive Director of Athletics, Dr. Debbie Snell, Hawaii Pacific University's VP of Marketing and Communications, Jeffrey Rich, On-Site Technical Engineer, Paul Brecht and Operations Director Ku'ule Ogbayani. We now return you to regular scheduled programming on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network 95.1 FM and AM 760.